Welcome to the Cross Sands Christian Centre podcast. Based in the small Welsh village of Cross Sands in Carmarthenshire, we've always been passionate about sharing God's love with our local community. And now, thanks to the podcast, we can share that love even more widely. Wherever you're listening to this podcast in the world, we pray it will be a blessing to you. Sending much love from us and God to you. Thank you for listening. Dear Father God, I just want to thank you for the time that we've had so far together this morning. It has felt joyous and wonderful and delightful. At least it seemed like that to me and I'm sure I'm not the only one. So I just want to thank you for making your presence felt thus far this morning. And I pray as I share what you've laid on my heart to share, I pray as always that you would give us ears to hear from you. Anything that is not needed for somebody right now, let it float into the ether. I pray that I will not speak too fast or as always give them ears to hear me speaking more swiftly, whichever is better but just just thank you thank you for your love thank you for your joy thank you for the delight and amazingness that is you and i just pray you would lead us on in this next bit in jesus name i thank you amen, amen. <sighs> right today we are talking about suffering <laughs> We're actually talking about joy in suffering. Uh, and as your reaction sort of like indicated, that's not the sort of thing that Elle normally likes to talk about um, because, you know, suffering. Ugh. But it all started because a week or so ago, uh, I was watching, so one of my friends has sent me a video on Facebook uh, about, I think I prayed about it last week or the week before, about how, about revival in Wales and that there's people have been, I mean, I remember more than a decade or more ago feeling nudged and we talked here about praying for revival. But there is this, this word that there's going to be revival in Wales, etc., etc. And then the lady shared, the church needs to be ready for suffering. I was like, oh, really? Ugh. And then there's power in suffering. Oh, really? Oh, no. And the Holy Spirit nudged me and prompted me to explore suffering. And so I did. And he gave me some insights, which I shared on the podcast. And at the time, I felt an inkling that maybe we'd be digging into it a little bit here. And so all week, I've been saying, what are we doing? Suffering. I'm like, oh, okay. I remember then yesterday, because you know me, I tend to leave things to the last minute because it gives the Holy Spirit time to percolate stuff. That's my excuse. and I'm sticking to it. Um, <laughs> I saw that eye roll. <laughs> But this is the beauty of us being who we are and embracing us. Exactly, you know. Um, but so then yesterday, like there was things going on. Like I took Michael to the cinema and all this stuff. Like I really need to sort this out. And I forgot what we're we actually doing. I don't know what we're doing. And again, suffering. Okay, fine. It's suffering. So that's what we're going to do. What we're going to look at today. Um, is suffering our lot as Christians? Spoiler alert. The answer is no. Joy is your lot. But we're going to get to that in a bit as well. Uh, but first of all, I was pondering on this this. Uh, the, the sort of human English definition of suffering. I remember a long time ago hearing, and I'm going to slaughter this quote, but someone defined suffering as going through difficult stuff with no hope that it's ever, ever going to come to an end. Because we all go through things, but that sense of hopelessness that it's never going to end, it's going to be like this forever, that was this person's definition, the true definition of suffering. And defined like that, I'm like, oh, no, I don't want to be doing suffering. That sounds horrible. But like I say, Holy Spirit nudged me to look at it from the Bible perspective, because, hey, you know, this is what we do. Uh, and the biblical definition of, of suffering and what it looks like is a little bit more nuanced. Uh, so we're going to dig into that a little bit. 
Um, there, are, there are many types of suffering in the Bible. It's really fascinating to me, actually, that over the last few weeks, loads of us have been pulling out our concordances. And what does this word really mean? And so I pulled out my concordance. I was hoping that there'd only be like a couple of words in Greek. Uh, and I went for Greek quite transparently. I only looked in the New Testament because if I'd looked at the Old Testament suffering as well, we'd have been here till next week. Like there's so many words for suffering. I counted at least eight that's not, that's four fingers. I count at least eight different words for suffering just in New Testament Greek. I was like, whoa, it was a lot. I'm not going to tell you all the words. I'm not going to expect you to remember anything. There's no pop quiz. Uh, but I'm going to, I am going to minute going to pull out some biblical examples. You'd be glad to know. Um, but they, it was interesting. So for example, there was the word, um, there was a, there's a different word for suffering when someone is suffering with an illness. That, is, that, that word in Greek is a different word if someone is suffering um, with uh, a, like being demon-possessed. That's a different word. We have suffering when to, to experience, to suffer, to endure, to keep going. We also have suffering as in like persecution, which is the one which we think of. So there's all these different words. There's also a sin, suffering to share in sufferings. All these different words. And like I say, I'm not going to tell you all of them because I can't pronounce most of them. However... There was, as I was like, I went, this is the week where I had so many notes. There was all these different bits. I was like, okay, we need to sort of pull this together into some kind of whole. Because I know that you're very patient with me and you're used to me being a little bit scattered. But I was like, oh, no, we need to kind of bring this together a bit, Holy Spirit. So the first thing he said was to remind you there are three types of suffering that are not associated with suffering for Christ. Because this is what we're getting to, is we're told that we need to pick up our cross and we're, you know, meant to suffer for Christ, all that stuff. You know, it's meant to... It's, for me, at least, it always came across as burdensome, as heavy and really like, oh, really difficult. There's three types of suffering that are not associated with suffering for Christ. And I'm going to give you some Bible verses. I'll tell you what they are and I'll breathe and slow down. Sorry, I'm very aware that I'm talking very fast today. Although I did promise you I'd be quick, didn't I? So maybe that's the way I'd be you quick. You're too slower. Can I? All right, then. <laughs> <laughs> to I know. Yes. Yeah. Go in. <laughs> All right, fair enough. The good thing is, though, because it's being recorded and it's on the podcast, did you know there's a button that you can press that slows me down? Ooh. You can listen to me in half speed if you wanted to. <laughs> really? You could. How amazing would that be? And equally... Pardon? <laughs> so, let's have a look at these examples of what is not associated with biblical suffering. Uh, sorry, with suffering for Christ. So the first one is to suffer loss or revenue. So this is 1 Corinthians 3, uh, verses 14 and 15. We are jumping around a lot today, uh, and I've cheated and I've got them in front of me already, so don't feel like you have to go to all of them. Uh, so if what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it, if it is burned up, the builder, will su- the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though only as one escaping through the flames. So the, 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 the Greek word used there was to mean to suffer loss, to, loss in income, loss in revenue. Um, that's not the type of suffering that's associated with being suffering for Christ. Then we have suffering when being ill or suffering linked to a specific illness or demon possession. I've got four of these for you. So for example, Luke 14, there in front of him was a man suffering from abnormal swelling of his body. They call it dropsy in some translations. Heart term. It's affected what Steve had, but he didn't have it. Oh, really? But his breathing difficulties yeah. would have been called dropsy. Oh, okay. Well, in, 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 in Greek, in New Testament Greek, there's a different word. If Steve was living in, like, the year three, um, there would be a different word that they would have oh, used. He's not that old. Ooh. 
you. <laughs> there would be a different word used in Hebrew to describe what it was that, that, that Steve was suffering with. Again, that's not the kind of suffering that we call to, to, to tick, up, tick up our cross no with. Being married then, isn't it? Oh, behave. I think that one's called patience, dear. Luke chapter 4, verse 38. Jesus left the synagogue and went to the home of Simon. Now, Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever, and they asked Jesus to help her. So suffering associated with a high fever, with illness. Incidentally, those of you who... Have any of you, apart from Carol and Roger and me, been watching The Chosen? I got to the episode with, with um, Simon Peter's mother-in-law. Oh, so good. Oh, my word. Honestly, I would really encourage you. To, you can watch it for free. It's brilliant. There's an app for your iPad. You can watch it on the computer. It's so good. That's that, brilliant. That's an aside, really, I'm just saying. Um, oh, and it's the season two finale today, but I'm not on season two yet. Anyway. You've got the other piece of your television to watch the last episode. Do you? Mm, you've only watched this. No, you, you, you've got to be on the app. You can do it on the app, I think it should work, yeah. yeah. On your iPad, yeah. But you can have, I think you can then push it to your TV somehow, I'm not sure. Really. It's really, really good. It's, it have you noticed, though, this is a complete aside, no, but it's interesting. Have you noticed how big Jesus' nose is? Yes. Yeah, they did that on purpose, I'm sure of it. Because we have this sort of, like, idea of Jesus being a pretty boy, but actually there's verses in the Bible where it said he was nothing to look at, really. And he's quite a nice-looking chap. He's not ugly, like, but he's got a really big nose. <laughs> yes, yeah. I just thought it's just brilliant. Anyway, sorry, sorry. You're all sitting there going, oh, I haven't seen it yet. I don't know what you're talking about. I, I, I saw that. Come on, get on with it. Anyway, um, suffering... Again, suffering went ill. Sorry, suffering for demon possession. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity... This is Matthew 15. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Again, a completely different word to any of the ones we're going to explore in a minute. And I have one more for you. This is Acts chapter 28, verse 8. His father was ill in bed, suffering from fever and dysentery. Paul went in to see him and after prayer, placed his hands on him and healed him. So those times in your life when you struggle with illness and stuff feels like a lot, and we have this temptation to go, oh, this is, this is just my lot as a Christian. Now, I'm not, I was very aware, even as I was driving to church this morning, I'm very aware of the fact that when we go through life, there is difficult stuff. You know, we've already prayed and celebrated the fact this morning that Steve skipped in here. But for the last few months, he's been really suffering, you know. So as I share all of this and as I lead on to the joy section, my hope and prayer is that you'll hear my heart, that it's not meant to say those times when life is difficult, that you're somehow doing it wrong. It's not about that. I'm, my, my hope and prayer is, is that we give us a new perspective that, yes, life is difficult. And yes, there are, there are certain things we are called to, to stand in, which I'm going to get to in a minute. But we are also called to joy, God helping us. But I was reminded as well, I've forgotten about this, I didn't write it down. Roger, you said to us that thing weeks and weeks and weeks ago, choose joy as an act of defiance against despair. I love that. I can't remember what Bible verse it's from. Somewhere in Isaiah, I think. But it's brilliant. It's that reminder. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Anyway, so those illness things, those are not what it means to suffer for Christ. Instead, there are four types of suffering that are linked time and time again to us and Jesus. The most common one, I'm going to try and pronounce this, is Pasho. It's P-A-S-C-H-O, little little line over the O. Pasho, Pasho. It means to experience or to suffer or to endure. Are you laughing at my translation? Yeah, I'm I'm thinking, just Google it now and press the... I did do that yesterday, but I forgot what it told me. (laughs) (laughs) 
I always do. I then write it down. I know, but the, there was like a sound in there somewhere, and I'm not really good at spitting at you all. So yeah, but I did do that. I just it was a bit it lost me. Um, many, many, many of the references, and I've only picked out half a dozen, like I say, because we could be here forever. There are many references where it uses this word as it relates to Jesus, mostly. Um, so for example, we've got Luke chapter nine, verses 22. Um, and he said, the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law. And he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Luke seventeen twenty-five. but first he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. Luke 22, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Uh, because he himself suffered, this is Hebrews 2 verse 18. This one we're going to come back to incidentally. Hebrews, Hebrews 2 verse 18, because he himself, this is talking about Jesus, because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. You don't have to remember it, but I'm going to come back to it. And then the last one for now is 1 Peter 3 verse 14. But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. So that all of those times where we hear that word suffer, I looked at suffer, suffered, suffering and sufferings. They all, they all use, that word uh, is used a lot of the time. Another one is Philippus. Uh, and it, it means trouble, distress, oppression, hardship, persecution, affliction. It's that traditional one that we think of. Like we, when we think about the church in North Korea, for example, they struggle with Philippus every single day. They are really suffering for, you know, because they are being persecuted. Uh, I have two references for this for you. Romans 5, uh, verse 3. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. And then 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 6. And we are going to come back to this one after as well. You became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. I wish it was so hard to say these words. That word that's used there, that church were being persecuted, not just a little bit. There was severe, severe suffering, uh, but they were given joy by the Holy Spirit. And then the third one, did I say there was three? Yeah, the third one is pathema. Uh, and it means, again, suffering, misfortune, or sometimes passion. Uh, and I've got a couple of references for you. A couple of references for that one for you. This is Hebrews 2 verse 10. In bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was fitting that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through what he suffered. Uh, and then, what verse is this one? doesn't tell me. This is, sorry. Do you know, it's cut off the top of my little things. I don't know what it is. Oh, yes, I do. This is 2 Corinthians 1, verses 5 to 7. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm, because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. We read stuff like that and it sounds really heavy, doesn't it? You know, that coupled with messages of the church needs to suffer. It sounds like a lot, but it does tie in with what I heard from Holy Spirit when he asked me to explore suffering. Because there were three things that he highlighted about what this suffering word means. Thing number one is persecution. So yes, like we, we, we've, we've seen that word already, Philippus. 
like what is experienced in the persecuted church happens all over the place, you know, like the, like the work that open doors do that we that we pray for. Uh, however, what I heard, and this I'm, I might be wrong, but this is what the whisper I heard from Holy Spirit is that is not the sort of suffering that us in the West are currently being called to. We have the benefit and the, 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 the blessing and like the privilege, that's the word I want, not blessing, the privilege of being able to come here and worship together. We could go out that door and shout, Jesus loves you to the whole street. They probably think we're a bit crazy, but that's okay. God loves crazy people. But like we have the opportunity to do that without fear of you know being killed or, or put in prison. However, the enemy would love you to believe that when you hear there's going to be revival in Wales, but you need to be ready to suffer. He wants you to believe that it's that kind of suffering, that you need to be scared and we need to be afraid. Because what happens when we're afraid? It stops us praying. I don't know about you, but me, like, why would you want to pray for something to happen if you're also a little bit scared of it? You know, yes, we trust God, but it's a bit like, oh, I don't know, God. It's like, okay, I don't get it. It's a lie. We don't. We can. We can be praying for revival. We can revival of love, and we don't need to be scared. There are two types of suffering which I believe we are called to stand in every day, and we've read them both already. Number one is being misunderstood or being criticised, or in some way for sharing God's love, whatever that looks like within the context of you doing life. And it doesn't even just happen with people who don't let yet. Like, who don't yet let God love them. You might be criticised with people who you thought of as like your friends and other Christians, because even within the church, there's so much misunderstanding. And I'm not even going to highlight examples, but we see it all over the world. People within our own, like within different denominations, that's why there's so many denominations. You say something, people go, oh no, I don't know about that. Oh, you know, and we'll have a go. You are, like we explored, I think it was two weeks ago. Was I here standing up here? Two weeks ago, walking this life out with God listening to him, asking him questions, hearing his heart for you. And when he shares something with you and you go, oh, wow, am I meant to share that? If he says yes, and you go forward and you share that, chances are not everyone's going to like it. You know, sometimes people might go, oh, I don't know about that one, you know. Yeah, I mean, I've had conversations with a friend of mine who is at the moment very legalistic where she's at with God. And so I, and she says to me, you should be preaching about hell. You should be, da-da. no, 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 no. God loves everybody. We draw people with his love. Like I had the experience of being scared out of hell when I was 12. And I, yes, I was very passionate for a time, but really it was that love piece that's so important. So you are going to come up against criticism and that criticism, you are to endure it and keep doing it anyway. So that's one of the types of suffering. And I'm using inverted commas because I know it is suffering, but it's not suffering as in the world's definition. But that one, that is one of the types of suffering that you are you are called to, and I've lost this again now, and that reference, a reference I could pick for that, there's loads, uh, but I've picked 1 Peter, uh, this is 1 Peter 4. Do, dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice inasmuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. And this is verse 14. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. For the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or thief or any other kind of criminal or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. So those times when you say stuff and you might not even feel like it is like as if it's like real condemnation. It might just feel a bit scary. 
But every time you step forward and you do that, and you, you listen to those nudges, and it might not even be words, sometimes it's actions. I think I told you the story of the time I had to give that packet of biscuits to that lady in the middle of town. I felt like a right plonker. You know, that's all encompassed in this idea of suffering. When I made myself look like a crazy person, when I tried to dig up Charlie and pray for him to come back to life again, I looked like an absolute idiot. I thought I was losing the plot, but it was important even though it was ridiculous, because I really felt like God was saying to do this thing. I genuinely, as an aside, believed he was going to come back to life again. I'm just saying, but he didn't, but that's fine. But every time you follow those nudges and it feels uncomfortable, you are suffering. That's part of what, it, what it's looking like. The other piece is about resisting temptation. Now, we read this in Hebrews 2. There's loads of verses we could have chosen, but this one I found as I was doing the, the, the words for this. This is Hebrews 2 verse, uh, oh, hold on. Sorry, I'm too ahead of of myself. Here we go, sorry. Hebrews 2 verse 18. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. So there are times when, and that temptation, like, you know, I've been quite transparent, like my journey with food, like it's been a little bit of a, uh, it's, it's my thorn in my flesh, shall we say. Like, I've always been a bit curvy, but I, I, I keep coming back to it. Those times when I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to sit here and eat these crisps while I watch Love Island with Caitlin, and the, the Holy Spirit's going, do you sure that's a good idea? In that moment, I'm faced with a choice. I can go, yes, I think it's a great idea. They're going to taste really yummy. But you're not hungry. Yeah, I know I'm not hungry, but they'll taste nice. You know, that sort of stuff, right? But it doesn't have to be just food. I use food as an example because it's kind of humorous, but also it's part of my journey. But it can also be about how we interact with other people. This is a bit where I get myself in a pickle because I talk a lot, as you know. And I have told this next story, but I don't know if I've told it to you. (laughs) So if you've heard this before, it doesn't, it's only a short story. (laughs) I know, (laughs) but it it, it can also be when we're tempted to react in ways that are not kind and loving. So I gave the example, I'm sure I said this two times ago, but I also said it on the podcast. I don't remember it. It links in with this. The time when I dropped Emily off at work and I was coming and this person cut me off. Yeah, I have told it. There you go. And in that moment, I had a choice. I could go and be all right, really grumpy with this person, or I could just go, yeah, no worries, don't worry about it, and move on with my day. And I moved on with my day. The whisper I keep getting is that every time you choose to act with love and kindness and compassion, and let's be honest, sometimes it's a struggle. Sometimes we might feel like we're being really wronged and we feel like we're suffering. That too is suffering that we're called to. It's that thing that I think I said before, like taking what the enemy meant for evil and turning it to good. Every time something happens that drags you down, gets on your nerves, feels frustrating, you've got a choice in that moment. You can feel those feelings. I'm not saying don't feel them. Feel the feelings and then say to God, what, help me see this from your perspective. Because as we said two weeks ago, and I know we're repeating ourselves, but hey, it's all right. As we said two weeks ago, there is nothing, 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 there's nothing. There's nothing that the enemy would love more than to stop you talking to God about all things. That's ultimately what this whole life is about, is relationship. But we know his playbook. We know he lies. So now that you know the playbook, you can turn it around and go, huh, okay, you wanted me to get all cross about this. I'm going to see what God says about it instead. And then immediately you're having another conversation with God about something. It's like doing this to the enemy. Yeah. And for people who listen on the podcast, I'm sticking my finger up. Like, am I sticking my nose up like that? I'm not like doing a rude gesture. just want to... <laughs> But in my head, I wanted to. I want to imagine us all. Every time you act with love, it's like you're, you know, giving the finger to the enemy. You're going, ha, you tried to do something really bad here. And I took it for, I took it and turned it for good. God helping me. 
but it's not always easy. Let's be honest. And for me personally, some of the hardest times is, with, is even in my own household. You know, because you don't live, unless you live on your own, then it can be different. But for those of us who live with other people, and if you live on your own, you've got friends that you interact with. People, we're like these, we're like us in our bubble, and there's these other people in their bubbles, and sometimes their bubble bangs up against my bubble, you know? And sometimes it's not pretty. And sometimes they might like roll their eyes at me, or I might say something, they don't get it. I'm just like, oh! In that moment, when you choose to take a deep breath and God helping you go, okay, God help. And sometimes it's like little arrow prayers. Help me, God, because really, this is really doing my head in. But he, he can and he will and he does. And every time you do that, that's another way that you are suffering. Uh, we got, a, oh, this is a little bit of a long bit. This is Philippians chapter one. Uh, God keeps taking me back to Philippians. I've lost track of the number of times in the last couple of weeks. I keep getting taken back to Philippians as an aside. But this is Philippians 1, verses 12 to 18. Now, I want you to know, this is Paul writing to the Philippian church. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defence of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. We read this before, I'm sure, but it's that reminder that Paul in that moment had a choice. You know, he could have been sat, he sat there in chains. He's been doing what God wanted. And these other folks over there are getting all the credit and they're making a name for themselves. And, oh, this is so annoying, God. But no. God helping him, yes, he would have suffered like on a human level because it would have been really frustrating. I would have been frustrated anyway. And we know Paul was really quite, he was passionate, wasn't he? Where before, even before he had his Jesus moment, he was passionate for God. So I imagine it would have been quite frustrating and he would have suffered, but he was able to rejoice, God helping him. And so we too will experience suffering in this expanded definition of suffering, but it doesn't need to be our default. There's a quote on my, white, on my whiteboard at home that says, joy is the signature of the kingdom. I wrote that down ages ago and I was like, okay, that, yeah, that's cool. That's a nice soundbite. Is it biblical? So I did a little Google search and I came across Romans 14 verse 17. Romans 14 verse 17 says, if I can find it. Here we are. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now, the wider context of that whole verse was talking about how we do life with other people. Um, but it, that was the first one I found. There's almost certainly other verses as well that will show that our default does not need to be suffering. Yes, you are going to come up against stuff, but joy is the signature of the kingdom. And as an aside, for those of you, I'm not saying any of you would do that, but any of you are sitting there going, yeah, joy's great, but happiness, mm. I actually did the research yesterday, finally, and looked up the, the Greek definition, the Greek words used for happiness and joy. Joy is used a lot more in our English translation, but happiness and happiness, happy, is used too. Guess what? They're the same word from a biblical perspective. Yes, I know we think of happiness in terms of being this exterior, light, fluffy thing, and joy is much more sort of holy. Um, but from a biblical perspective, the, the way that you do life with God, it's the same word. That's an, an aside, really, but I thought it was quite interesting. 
But joy is given by the Holy Spirit. We read it already. Uh, You became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. I still can't say that word. It's that reminder. So that church in that moment, they were experiencing persecution. They were having a really hard time. And so they can be your model. Like it says for us in verse 7, they were having a really hard time. But Holy Spirit was able to give them that joy. And so it's that reminder. I'm not going to read it today, but it's that reminder of that verse I love to read all the time. We're almost done quite quick. See, I told you I'd be quick. Um, <laughs> um, here's what I want you to do. God helping you. It's the message translation of Romans 12. Take your everyday walking about life and give it to God. Okay, God, what are we going to do today? Acknowledging that, yes, sometimes life is really difficult. Sometimes things are tricky. Sometimes, and I'm saying that as somebody who's standing here, as far as I can tell, fit and healthy and well, and everything is good today. So I acknowledge I do, I say that from a place of privilege. And I have to acknowledge that. I get that. But like I've struggled with things over the, even over this year. You know, there's, there's stuff going on because none of us are immune to the, the hardships of life. But suffering, yes, we are called to suffer for Christ, but it's not meant to be this thing that drags you down. I see it as a privilege. Imagine the impact, the ripples, every time that you are nudged by God to say something. And sometimes it's not even like something big. It's something really tiny. And you might not even say, well, I don't know why that's important, God. But you do it anyway, because God can see the big picture. He knows the big picture and he wants us to be part of that. Every time you do that, that's powerful. And equally, those times when you are tempted to react like in a way that you know isn't you being you, full stop with God's love. Every time you don't do that, every time you react with love and kindness and compassion, you are, you are battling enemy forces. You are, you are battling on God's behalf. And that too is powerful. And so I just want to encourage you, you know, joy is the signature of the kingdom. It, it, it is our default, God helping us, you know, and I know, I see some smiles. I know that's not always easy. Uh, and but I guess, I guess my encouragement and my reminder to you is what we explored two weeks ago. Those times when things are really like, ugh, say to God, help me see this from your perspective. This makes no sense. Sometimes he won't give you the answer or he won't give you the answer that you would really like to give. We might answer a completely different question altogether. But he loves you. It's all about relationship. And so the more that we can do that, the more that we walk this out day by day, that's how we're going to see a revival of, of love, not just here in Wales, but across this, this, this whole nation, across this world. That's the peace that I believe God is calling us into, love. But it's always God helping us because, of course, you know, we're going to do communion now. We don't have to like, oh, I'm going to try really hard today because I, I tried that myself. I remember sitting in this very building uh, probably 20 years ago now nearly, and we're not quite 20, 18 years ago when Emily was a baby. And I came back to church because I wanted a bit of company because my mum and dad and my siblings were coming to church. I'd stopped talking to God. I was like, yeah, whatever. I might not, didn't literally say, yeah, whatever, but like effectively my actions. I remember every single week going, okay, God, this will be the week when I pray more. This will be the week when I read my Bible more. Week after Sunday after Sunday, perpetually. And, I, and that was the willpower in your way to doing it. And it doesn't work. It's exhausting and it's pointless. Instead, this go, oh God, this is an amazing new day. Thank you. What are we going to do today? And I know <laughs> I'm also recognising the fact that I was actually reflecting on this in the week. If I was still a full-time teacher uh, in a school where like, demands are made upon you all the time, it would be different, it would look different to walk that out with moment by moment with God to what it would look like for me doing the life that I do now. 
you know? And so it will look different for each of you, every person, but that's the delightful wonderfulness of you and your relationship. And if you're not sure what it looks like, you can ask him, what does this look like today? How are we going to do this? You know, it's just brilliant and wonderful. And so I just want to encourage you. Hopefully you are encouraged, but let's, um, let's pray. And then we're going to share uh, communion together. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we do thank you for your love. We thank you that, that joy can be our default, you helping us. And I just want to thank you for, for the relationship. For the, like it, it does make my brain explode to think that you sang the stars into existence. You're there holding this whole world together and then you want to talk to like me and each of the people here and everybody listening. That's just madness, but it's also wonderful and delightful and just amazing. So we want to thank you this morning. We thank you for your love. We thank you for that you are a good God and that you do want to walk this out with us. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We do pray it's been a blessing to you. If you have any questions or you need to reach out to anyone for support, please know that you can find us now on Facebook. Facebook.